Well, good morning. First, first of all, I thought I'd volunteer just for the children's moment. We're going to go on. Same thing. Same thing. What a wonderful, beautiful day. That's it. Yeah, now you will learn a little bit more about turkeys and maybe about turtles. So that pretty much covers it. No. Um, actually, I want to start with a quick little prayer. Heavenly Father, I ask that you be with me this morning and that this message comes off as you wish it to be. Be your words put upon my lips. And I just thank you for today. Christ's name. I don't know about the rest of you, but um, I had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I had our family there, and uh, we had lots to be thankful for. It's been a really busy month. Um, I, uh, I earlier went and got my eyes lasered, so now I can see better. That's one thing to be thankful for. And then, uh, and then a little bit later, I, I uh, got some hearing aids so I can hear. <laughs> My wife has some amazing things to tell me. I just hadn't heard of before. But it's like I'm just uh, I'm thankful for that. But you know, we had uh, we had our kids with us, and and uh, and we all worked together, prepared different parts of the meal and that we would have later. And then when we sat down, we did as as many people do, go around the table and giving thanks for for the different things. Uh, we had to be thankful for each year and how they were thankful for our family, our extended family. That includes our dog and the cats by name and neighbors in our church family, as all of you have touched our lives. We're thankful for our church. We're thankful for a very busy year that we had. Things are hold the hold the we're moving forward in a great direction with our Jesus Christ. When Pastor Dave asked me to uh, fill in this Sunday, and I'm glad he's here today because I think that we can take care of the other things. Um, I felt a gentle nudge to speak to me about uh, doing a better job of, of sharing the good news um, to our community. So I know, wait a minute, the, the nudge was for me. I don't know about it. It's nudging you because. Uh, some of you are already doing that better than I do. But to, to get out of the rut, the way things are going. And uh, so many of you know, many of you know that I'm a member of the Gideons, Gideons International, along with a couple other members here in our church, and Dave Evans and, and Joel Coates. And uh, one of the things I do there as part of the Gideons is I get an opportunity to speak um, at other churches around our area about that. And I give the Gideon presentation. We talk about the things that we do. And also talk about how easy it is to get up and speak with them and share because all we're talking about is Jesus. But I'm surrounded by a bunch of believers. It's easy. It's in a safe environment. And it's easy to talk about something that we all have about Jesus Christ and his word because everyone is there for the same thing. But uh, it's not so easy. At least it has never been so easy for me to talk at work or with this complete stranger or to my neighbors about faith or 
ask them questions about their faith, that's way out of my comfort zone, and I have to, I have to think about, is this the right opportunity or not? And so, as I prepared for today, the first thing I did is my, went to my number one resource, my Bible, and uh, we read in Matthew 28. And Matthew 28, verses 18, starting there, it says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey the commands that I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. The disciples were sent out to share the good news and to change the world. They just went out and talked to people. They went out and talked to them and told them about all the wonderful things they had, but they didn't, they didn't have. They didn't have the New Testament yet. They were still working on that. But they had experienced spending time with Jesus Christ. And they shared about the wonderful teachings he had for them and the direction that he wanted them to do with their lives. So <clears throat> then I, I started thinking, I started thinking about, uh, about looking around here, what's going on in the world. Not just in our country, but around the world. And as I look at our country, it seems like our country sometimes drifting farther and farther away from the saving grace of, of Jesus Christ. And I thought, once again, how fortunate we are to live up here in Colville, our own little place, up here in the corner of the state. Of course, then, then I did a little searching, and, and I said, but wait a minute. Let's look a little bit closer at things. We do have a crime problem. We have overcrowded jails right here in Colville. We do have a homeless population right here in Colville. We do have drugs and fentanyl. And in addition to that, we have friends and neighbors who need to hear about the Lord, our Savior. Here lies the problem in my mind. Says, I think my friends don't want to hear about that. I'm not sure that that's a conversation that's okay to have. So I did a little research and I thought, well, is this true or not? Or is this just my, my opinion on that? And so when I did this research, I came across a study by Lifeway, and it was a study on evangelism, and this report was by Marissa Powell. And uh, I'm going to kind of highlight a few things here. It kind of messed up my whole analogy that my friends did not want to hear about Jesus Christ. Pause with me for a minute while I find my glasses. It starts out with saying people can fear many different things. They might fear snakes, bugs, heights flying, small spaces, or public speaking. But what 
if bringing up your faith isn't on the list of things that your friends fear, would you have that spiritual conversation more often? The study found that many people are intrigued by the devotion of others. Half of Americans say they're curious as to why some people are so dedicated to their faith. This curiosity is reflected in that most people are open to having conversations about faith, especially if it's a conversation with a friend. Two in three Americans say that, it's a, that they're at least open to having that spiritual conversation with a friend. And 65% of those at least are open to talking with a friend about having a relationship with God. It's an interesting fact. That already messed me up as to, as to how my, my friends and neighbors uh, feel about that. Yet six in ten Americans say many of their friends who claim to be Christians rarely talk about their faith. People aren't scared of talking about the faith that many Christians share a fear sharing our faith. So what should we do? More likely than not, fear of you bringing up your faith isn't on the list of things that your friends fear. Even your religiously unaffiliated friends, even our religiously unaffiliated friends. For some Christians, knowing our friends are open to hearing about our faith is exciting and free. For me, I'm still kind of nervous about that. But for others, it's a sense of this sense of responsibility scares us. After all, if our friends are open to these conversations, shouldn't we be faithful in sharing Christ with them? Many of us aren't sharing our faith with others, and it may not be because their friends don't want to talk about faith. It's because they don't want to talk, that we don't want to talk about faith. We must not allow our assumptions about our friends to keep us from sharing this. Where else are they going to hear about Christ? Where else are they going to find the resources to uh, bring them closer to God's saving grace? Pre-established friends aren't always necessary for faith conversations, but many, but for many, the relationship of trusting a, a friend makes it easier. Unbelieving friends are our mission field. They need the truth of the gospel and their friends and our, us as friends in the church need to be the ones who are willing to talk to them. The best way we can love our friends is to share the hope of Jesus Christ with them. That's true. Our goal is not, and this is this has really struck me. Our goal is not to see another person confess faith every time we have a conversation. Instead, our goal is to live lives that allow us to faithfully point people towards Christ. And I started thinking about that. I started thinking about that. I says, what if I'm out here breaking leaves here in the parking lot? Somebody drives through and they says, I need to get to Northport. It says, how can you tell me how do I get there? Thinking, okay, I can, I can do that. You get back on the highway, you go out to Williams Lake Road. You know, this is there's many ways, but you take 
Take a right one, Lake Road, follow out to the stop sign, take another right, you're there. So I got to give them the directions. It's not up to me to see that they follow through those directions that they, they go all the way to Northport. Maybe they stop halfway through there and decide they're going somewhere else. Maybe they decide they're going somewhere else. But we have to start somewhere. We have to start somewhere giving them directions towards Jesus Christ. But if I were to tell them this week, oh, you go right back out here to the light at the roundabout and you head south, just keep going, you'll run into Northport. They're not going to get to Northport. They're not going to get to Northport. We need to have the right information. We need to have the right information inside us. And when they ask about Jesus Christ, we need to be able to share with them the correct information about Jesus Christ. Or at least send them on the right path. And then allow others to come along and help with that. And uh, we'll plant, we water, and we trust that God will lead them all the way to Him. Our faith is intriguing to many people around us. So let's take that invitation and clearly speak to this dying world. So after I read all this, um, it kind of changed my, my perspective. If they're on having that conversation, I went back to the Bible and uh, one of my favorite books, which uh, is Paul's writing to the Colossians. And uh, we're going to go, if you, if you want to follow, you're welcome to. It starts, yeah, it starts on page 1820, but Colossians 1, and uh, Lee covered a little bit about this. May be filled with joy, verse 12, always thanking the Father. He has established, he has enabled you to share the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son, who purchased our freedom through his blood and forgave our sins. And then going on into verse, yeah, verse 15, Paul lays it out a perfect description of exactly who Christ is. Christ is the visible image of is, is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is the body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. He is first in everything. That's a pretty good description, a pretty easy way to share with someone exactly who Christ is. Laid out, he is, he was there from the beginning, he created everything along with God. And uh, it's a wonderful description that we can share, just 
knowing a few scriptures to help hope in that conversation. Then in Colossians 2, starting in verse 6, it says, And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. This verse 6 fit into me. Let your roots grow down deep into him, and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth that you were taught, and you will overflow with thanks, thankfulness. Don't let anyone capture you. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that comes from human understanding and not the understanding of Jesus Christ. I, I was part of a retreat, and, I, and uh, the image that came up for that was this tree, and it showed the roots grounded in Jesus Christ. And uh, the earth grounded in Jesus Christ, the roots grow down deep. That's what it's saying in the scripture. That tree's not going to blow over. But if not, it's solidly grounded by, by Jesus Christ. We're easily swayed or tipped over or completely uprooted when some other things come along in our life. So we need to be fully grounded in Jesus Christ. On that, then uh, on into Colossians 3, let the message about Christ and all his rich, in all its richness fill our lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus Christ. Give thanks through him to God our, the Father. We can live our lives as an example of what, what Christ has for others. But we need to be able to to share that, because I think our friends and neighbors and those at work uh, are wanting to know, what is it that you have? What is it you have that I don't have? Well, I certainly don't have any more skills than you have, that's for sure, but I do have a peace in my life because of Jesus Christ and uh, our Lord and Savior. It's kind of like getting back, back to our children's message. We have a topic of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. We have all the information. We have all the information in the Bible, in the scriptures. And every time we open that up, it pours out more and more information into our hearts. We have resources that the, you know, a resource that the, the first disciples didn't have. We have all of the collect pages of knowledge um, right in our hands. So now, we're tasked to go out and share the good news. Let's help to change the world, help to change our the attitudes of, of this world by sharing our faith and sharing Jesus Christ with others. And as we do that, we've got to go back and remember the same words that Jesus gave to his apostles. This was helps along. I am with you always even to the end of the age.
We're not out there speaking with ourselves. Christ is here. He's living in our hearts. And he's going to be with us. And hopefully, you, and I know he will put the words in your mouth that you need to share. And, uh, and he will help us to change, change our world. And in doing those few things, maybe some of these things that we're looking at in our own country and in our own community can begin to change. Maybe there'll be less dependence on drugs, more dependence on Christ. Maybe there'll be less homelessness, and people have a new hope and a new direction going in there. Maybe there'll be fewer crimes because Christ is telling them, hey, you know, that's not yours. That's someone else's. Let me show you what you need. You don't need that. We can maybe change our community, change the world. With that, let's uh, end in a prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for firmly putting a direction in our lives, for standing beside us, providing the words that we need to hear, the words that we need to share providing us with all the resources for a full and blessed life in the knowledge of you and the teachings that you provide. And we give you all the thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Amen.